I've just entitled this message Impossible because it is utterly, totally, completely impossible what we believe. You try to imagine a man now who, who is a body and he walks around in a body and that body comes to a place where it has just stopped and no blood flows and no heart beats and that body has no feeling at all, nothing functions, it's dead. You try to imagine that body being dead for three days And then if you're watching that body, again it begins to move and the hands are lifted and, and the head rises up and, and uh, that body gets up from the place where it was laying and walks around. Now that's utterly impossible, isn't it? Why, certainly it is. You believe that? No, you don't believe that. But now what I'm going to say to you this morning is not based upon opinion, but it's based upon fact. And I've had men say to me that, well, that's your view. I have another view, but I'm not speaking this morning to you about what our view is but rather, what are the facts of the case? Let's speak about facts. Now, the great facts of the gospel that you and I know and understand are these. God, God, the great creator, the omnipotent, sovereign God of all things, who made all things and controls all things, God became what we call incarnate. That is, he took upon himself a physical body and he came to this earth as Christ Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he lived on this earth a life of holiness and a life of love. And at the age of 33 years, he was taken and by wicked hands, men nailed him to a cross and crucified him. And he died upon the cross and the fact of the matter is that when he died, that was for our sins. In order to take our sins in his own body on the tree is the way Peter stated it. He took our sins when he died. And when he died, they took his body and buried it in the tomb of a man named Joseph of Arimathea and they buried his body there and as I have described for you already after the third day the morning of the third day 
that body began to move and our Lord Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. And after a while, he ascended to his father's throne where he now sits. And he shall come back to this earth one day soon to be the great judge. And in that day when he comes back to this earth, the fact of the matter is that the dead in Christ, all those who have died by, with faith in Christ, shall come up out of their graves, the bodies, literal bodies that have gone to dust and are nothing, and yet they shall be restored totally and completely as a body. And I'll have the body that you see now, only it will be different. It will be glorified. And I shall and you shall in that day rise by virtue of our union with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Now all of this hinges on one fact, and that fact is Christ coming out of the grave and living forever. All the basis and foundation of everything you and I believe is based on the foundation that the Lord Jesus Christ when he died, after three days, he rose from the grave. Now, everything, if that's not true, then you just take your Bible and your children and your wife or whoever you're with and go home right now. Because if that's not true, you have no business being here to worship him who is dead. But if he did rise from the grave, that's the basis and the foundation of all that we believe. And that's the reason the world is going crazy this morning. Although very few even understand what I've said. Of course, we, we don't even get into the realm of the Easter bunnies and the Easter eggs. We're talking here about religious people who are doing religious things. One of the truths that we believe is that there will be a resurrection of all those who sleep in Christ. And not only that, but we also believe there will be a resurrection of unbelievers. If you're here in this auditorium this morning and you've not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you do not believe, when you die and are put in the grave, then at this time of the resurrection of those who are in Christ, there will also be a resurrection of unbelievers because you see the fact of the matter is 
that you and I are not like dogs, that when we die, the body is buried and it goes back to nothing and does not exist anymore. Because you and I have been made in the image of God himself, and therefore we are spirit beings, and since the spirit cannot, cannot be annihilated, then there is a resurrection not only of the just, but also of the unjust. You want to see that in this book? Here's the fact, John chapter 5. John 5. John chapter 5, verse 28. Our Lord Jesus is the speaker here. And he said, don't marvel at this, marvel not at this. Don't be astonished by this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. All that are in the grave shall hear his voice. And when they hear his voice, they shall come forth. They that have done good, and the only good you can do, my friend, is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and trust his righteousness. So they that have done good under the resurrection of life, Coming out of that grave. And they that have done evil, what is the evil you can do? Not to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him is the greatest evil that any person can ever commit in this life. And with all the evidence of who he is and what he did, that's a great evil. They that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Now I want to give you six things. I try to give you things you can remember. Now I want to give you six arguments that Paul gives here to support the fact of the dead rising from the grave. And number one is this. Verse 12 and verse 13 in our text. Verse 12, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, why are some of you people saying that there's no resurrection of the dead? You see, back then the world was filled with unbelievers. You meet in groups and you say how silly this resurrection of the dead is. Why are you doing that? He said then, if there be no resurrection of the dead, then in Christ, is Christ not risen? There's no such thing as resurrection of the dead, then the Lord Jesus Christ is not risen. And right now, as you and I meet here, his bones, the remains of his body are still buried over yonder. And he's in the grave, and there is 
no one sitting at the Father's right hand to make intercession for us. If that's true, that Christ did not rise. Now all the apostles, you want the facts? All the apostles bore witness that Christ had risen. In fact, when he came back to them on one occasion, they gave him a piece of fish and a honeycomb, and he ate with them. Now, we could turn there, but you know that. You know that's true. It's in Luke 24, verse 42 and 43, if you're keeping any kind of notes. He appeared in the room with them. He didn't open the door. He just appeared in the room, and... And they were afraid, and he said, don't be afraid. And then what did he say? He said, you think you've seen a spirit, but let me tell you that a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. That's all recorded in Luke chapter 24. And one of them reached out and put his finger into the print of the nails and fell. See, there are scars there. And he reached out and touched the print of the nails, and then he thrust his hand into Christ's side where that spear had been plunged through him and felt that place there. And all of these apostles heard the Lord Jesus speak and they knew the tone of his voice. And on one occasion, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15, the first part, over 500 brethren saw him at one time. And so Paul says, if Christ did not rise, then we are liars and Christianity is a lie. Or else you must believe there is a resurrection of the dead. If you do not believe there is a resurrection of the dead, go home and burn the Bible and forget about all of this because this is not so. Now the question is this, if he arose, shall his people arise? You and I, shall we arise? Well, of course we will. Why? Because we're one with him. Whatever he does, we must do. And if he arose, then we will arise. You recall that when Adam sinned, the whole human race fell in Adam. But why? Because we were one with Adam. Well, that's not right for God to judge all men in one man. Well, take that up with God. He'll talk with you about it. That's what he teaches. When Adam sinned, we all sinned because we were one in him. In verse 22 in our text here says, For as in Adam, what all die? 
does say that, doesn't it? And Adam all die, and that's what we call the representative principle in the Bible. Adam represented the whole human race, and when he sinned, you sinned. And that's the reason when you come into this world that you're like you are. Because you have a nature of sin, because Adam sinned and you sinned. He was our representative. And that's what God teaches. And because of that, even those who have not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression have died. Now, we won't turn and read that. It's found in Romans 5, 14. They had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, but they died. Who is that talking about? Infants. Why do infants die? They couldn't die if, they weren't, if there wasn't sin because sin brings forth death. They have a sin nature. And even upon infants, the death sentence has taken effect because those little infants that die in infancy are one with Adam. And in God's mighty plan, some infants die. Why do they die? I say it's because of this principle of representation. In Adam, all die. Some young, some older, but all die. Death has come forth. And there is no separating Adam from you and me and all who follow him. Now, Christ, in this book is called the second Adam. Second Adam. And the second Adam has a people. Oh, good news. The second Adam has a people. And so all believers, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you do, you are one with him. And if you do not live, then he did not live. He's still in the grave, as I've already said. If you do not live, and if he did not rise, then you will not rise. Whatever happened to him must also happen to you as a believer. Whatever happened to him happens to you and all believers are part of his eternal being and because he lives, we also shall live because he is our representative before the throne of God. There's your representative principle again. He represents all believers. Adam represents all 
in sin, all who die in sin. But along comes the Lord Jesus, and he lives, and he dies, and he rises from the dead. And because he did all those things, you and I must do the same. Right? That's representation. We shall live in him. Because he lives, we also shall live. I believe that. That's a fact. Well, I stayed on number one too long, but that's too good to leave. Now, number two, if there is no resurrection, the preaching of the apostles wasn't anything but vain talk. Verse 14, if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up if so be that the dead rise not. If Christ was not raised from the dead, the apostles were false witnesses but what did it profit them to tell lies about his resurrection what, what, did it, what did it gain them if when they said he rose from the dead he rose not how could that profit them many of them were put in prison and many were put to death for teaching the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. They went everywhere to tell the story of Christ and his resurrection and that he was the Savior of all who trusted him. And Paul said these people were stoned to death. They were sawn asunder. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. And they were destitute and afflicted and tormented everywhere they went. When they talked about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not one, not one of them ever withdrew his testimony concerning Christ's resurrection. Eleven out of the twelve apostles, those who were closer to him, eleven of those were martyred in various ways, killed for their faith that the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Why would they do that? What did that gain them? But if they were mistaken about the dead coming out of the grave, then what else were they wrong about? You see, if a man says to me, that's just your view that there's a resurrection. No, that's not my view. That's a fact. That's what God teaches. And if they were mistaken about the dead coming out of the grave, I wonder what else they were mistaken about. If they're mistaken about Christ rising from the dead, then I can't trust them. 
and I'm going to take this book when I get home and put some gasoline on it and burn it because I can't trust them. All they taught was based on one thing, resurrection. And if resurrection is not so, then we have no foundation for our faith. And I'll just throw this book away and go out and have a good time and forget about all these things. And these men taught that Christ rising from the dead was the evidence that his sacrifice was accepted. And that he rose again for our justification. And the hope of believers in this life and in the life to come is the fact that he arose from the dead. But you must give up all your hope of salvation if you doubt this. And don't, don't sit here playing games if you don't believe the Lord Jesus rose from the dead and you also, if you trust in him, will rise. Or if you don't trust in him, if you don't believe that, don't play games with this thing. Because your hope is vain. There's nothing to it. And these apostles have lied about everything that they ever told and that they wrote in this book. Now, number three. If there be no resurrection, your faith is as vain as the apostles' preaching. Last part of verse 14, your faith is also vain. And verse 17 says the same thing. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You have believed a lie. You believe in a lie this morning? I'm telling you that the Lord Jesus rose from the dead Literally, that body got up out of that tomb and the stone was rolled away and he walked out of there. Literally, that happened. But if he didn't, your faith is vain. You believed a lie. And I speak to you this morning who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're resting in him and you have great comfort and you have peace of mind. Let me talk to you. Go back yonder. Let's, let's remember back yonder. You have experienced a great change of heart and a great change in your lives through faith in Christ. Now, if he did not rise from the dead, you are believing a lie. And if he did not rise from the dead on the third day, this faith which gives you comfort and has renewed you in heart and life must be abandoned because your faith is fixed on a falsehood. And if Christ did not die for you and rise from the dead, what are you? You are L-O-S-T, lost. 
A faith that is false will not bear any trial at all. And there comes to every believer a time of great testing. In fact, there are several in the lives of all believers, great testing. And there will be that great one that is coming when you lie on the brink of eternity, full of pain, almost gone, and you look in death directly in the face. Unless you are sure of the foundation of your faith in that day, that'd be a sad case, won't it? You be sure of this foundation. Because if you're sure of the foundation, that is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, that he actually died for you and rose for you, then when you come to that great crossing, you'll not be afraid in that tremendous day. Won't that be a tremendous day? Of course, our little old peanut brains can't even imagine that we're ever going to get there. But we will. And if there's no resurrection of Christ, no resurrection of the dead, and I come up to that place and that time, and I'm lying there, and I'm just about to go out into eternity, If I don't have the, the sure assurance that I'll awaken his likeness, what an awful thing that will be. I'd hate to come to that time and realize that there's no pardon for sin, no salvation through the precious blood. What awful despair that will be in that day. If Christ is not risen, give it up. I beg of you, go your way and let's, let's don't do any more of this, what we call worship in the Lord Jesus Christ because if he did not rise, he's not worthy of our worship. Don't trust him. But if you believe that he did die for you, and rose again for you, then believe in him. I mean believe in him and serve him and worship him and be serious about this thing. We have so many in this church now who are not serious about this. Oh, I believe all that. Get serious about it and serve him and do right before him and love him and love his people and worship him. If he rose from the dead, as this book teaches, he's worthy of all that. And if you just half-heartedly sometime believe this, I believe I'd just get out of it. I don't know whether that's right or not, but All right, number four, if there be no resurrection, you are yet in your sin. Verse 17, if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you're yet in your sins. That just scares me to death to think about that. You are yet in your sin. That causes my blood to run cold when I think about being yet in my sins. 
a little while ago. You remember this? You were dead in sins. You remember that, that state you were in? You were condemned and lost, but now you believe in Christ, and he's washed away your sins and made you white in his precious blood. Blessed thought. But wait a minute. Wait, if Christ did not rise again, Paul say, you're still in your sins. And if Christ did not rise, there is no satisfactory atonement made. If the atonement of Christ had been unsatisfactory, he would have remained in the grave. If what he did upon the tree had not satisfied the justice of God, then he is still in the grave. But the truth of the matter is, he's our surety. Surety. He is legally obligated for our debt. And he is under liability until he discharges all that his people owe to God's law. He died, and by his death, he discharged all of our obligations. And then, by his rising again, the receipt in full was marked paid. Because that was God's approval on what he had done. And if he had not risen, then you are yet in your sins. But when he rose from the grave, God the Father stamp paid on all of my debt. And if he was still in the grave, it would have shown that his dying was not satisfactory to pay my debt, and therefore he could not rise. And therefore, my debt would not be paid. And that's how important the resurrection is. It proved the satisfaction that Christ has made on our behalf. He had to rise. Now is Christ risen from the dead. And because he is, you are now risen from the dead. And then here's another. Here's the fifth truth that Paul taught. If there be no resurrection, all believers who have died have perished. Verse 18. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Now the word perished here does not mean annihilated. But it means much worse than that. It means that all those who have died previously who were supposedly in Christ, they are yet in their sins. You see that? Before they died, they told us that they were blood washed and hoped to see the face of God with joy. But if Christ rose not from the dead, there is no sinner who has gone to heaven. They are perished 
in their sins. They all have died under delusion and have perished because if he's dead, they must be dead. You think about all your kinfolks, perhaps, that have died, or your friends, or someone you know who professed to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they come up to the time of dying, and they had confidence in the midst of pain, and they had joy in their hour of departure. And I cannot for the life of me believe that they were mistaken. But Paul said, if Christ is not raised, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. And I cannot believe that. I believe some of those who have gone are in the presence of God himself because Christ rose from the dead. And number six, this is certainly true. If there is no resurrection, our source of joy is gone. Verse 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Now, Paul does not mean here that Christian men are more miserable if they are mistaken. Because even if we're mistaken, our mistake gives us joy, doesn't it? But what he's saying here, he's saying suppose they find out they're wrong in that day. And if they find out they are wrong, then their comfort is gone and they truly are most miserable. And take away my comfort. My comfort is that Christ rose from the dead and I'll rise. And if you take that away from me, then I'm truly of all men most miserable. What high hopes caused their hearts to leap with joy when they thought about being with Christ, which is far better. And if it can be proved that our hopes are vain, then we truly are of all men most miserable, aren't we? Certainly we are. You take away my hope of resurrection, my misery would be greater than I could bear. Don't take away that hope. I'm an eternal being, and I shall live forever, and all these imperfections shall be done away, and everything shall be perfect throughout all the ages of eternity and that's the hope that I have to be just like my Lord Jesus Christ because he lives I shall live don't take that away from me because I would definitely be miserable if that hope is gone now I'll wrap all this up by saying this everything hinges upon a fact. 
And if that fact is not a fact, then it's all over with us. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, then his gospel that I preached to you all these years is destroyed. If the resurrection is not a fact, then nothing else can give us any consolation. Our eternal hope does not depend upon our moral condition. The apostle did not say, if you are not in such and such moral condition. But he said, if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you're yet in your sins. And the reason you and I will be safe is that Christ died for us and that he rose again. It has nothing to do with who we are and what we are and what we do or what we don't do. It all hinges on the grand fact that Christ our Lord rose from the dead. It's not what you do and what you are. It's who he is and what he did. And you're to place all your hope and reliance entirely upon a great fact that happened 1,900 years ago. And if he didn't rise from the dead, you are in your sins. You can be as good as you may. You're in your sins if he didn't rise from the dead. You can do whatever you want to do. You can come up here and spend every day, all day long, and all night in this building on your knees praying or do anything else you want to do. But you are yet in your sins if the Lord Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead. Because it's not by doing, it's by believing and trusting who he is and what he did. You're accepted in the beloved if you trust him. It's not what you are spiritually, but what he is. It's not what you can do, it's what he did. And he rose from the grave on the third day. And my one hope for time and eternity is Christ Jesus and him only. And his resurrection, that he is alive, that he sits right now on the right hand of God the Father judging everything. This man who came and lived and died and rose again is seated on the throne of God himself. You believe in him who died and was raised from the dead, you'll come out all right in the other, on the other side. But you must believe that the Lord is risen indeed. Now that's impossible, isn't it? Impossible. But it's our only hope. And that's what the world's going mad about today. Not understanding this, but something to do with it. They don't, poor souls do not understand this. And they're trying to do instead of looking to him and what he did. The fact that he rose from the grave. 
All right, those six things. If Christ, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. The apostles' preaching was vain. Your faith is also vain. You're yet in your sins. All believers who have died are perished. And our source of joy is gone. And that's the reason that so many are going to a synagogue or a cathedral or some kind of place. And that's the reason people are running up and down the streets carrying 200-pound crosses and having their bodies lacerated. It's because they don't know that Christ our Lord is risen again. He sits at the right hand of God the Father. They're trying to recreate what he did. And I feel for them. And those, those blind leaders of the blind, those who are teaching everything but the truth, Surely the judgment of God will be great. I just keep telling you the truth, I guess. And we see how it turns out. But I won't tell you one thing. If old Jack lays down right here before he gets out of this building and that old body just lays there and everybody says, oh, he's dead. You're wrong. He ain't dead. He's alive forevermore because Christ lives I live also I'm never going to die well I thought you were going to die that's what you thought but I'm not going to die I live forever right now alright we could go on a long time about this that's what this season so called is supposed to be all about has no resemblance to the facts of this book. But that's the truth anyway. And may God help people. May the Lord bring it to pass to bring people to see these great truths. Let's stand for prayer. Our Father, it's with great thanksgiving that we bow in thy presence. Blessed Lord Jesus, we believe in our hearts that you're seated on the throne of God. We believe, Lord, that you died in our stead and that you rose again on the third day. We testify to that fact and our hope is all in you and what you accomplished when you died and rose. Bless this dear church. Lord, add to us as you see fit and open this religious world's understanding somehow to the truth of Christ. Thank you for these dear ones. Bless them. May they take these truths home and see the joy that they have in the resurrection. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.